But you heard about Clay Thompson, right? Towards Achilles. Yeah, I saw that this morning when I got on um when I got on YouTube. That's how I saw the DAZN video. Yeah, uh, it's been confirmed. Season ending Achilles injury. So it is the Achilles. Mm-hmm. Left ACL, right Achilles injury. Damn. Yeah, that's messed up, man. Damn it, man. Oh, man. I, know, I, was, I was looking forward to seeing them come back and have a great season. Yeah, that and, you know, with Wiseman and, you know, seeing what Wiggins could do, see if they were going to make a big trade or something. You know, who, who knows? We'll see what happens. Damn. Salute yeah. to Clay Thompson, man. He's been, what a crazy year, two years has been for him. When they yeah. Going through this shit. Yeah, and especially at the age he's doing it, you know, it's, um, you know, you get in your early 30s, it's a little difficult, man. Yeah. Yeah, your body don't take as, as easily, you know. No, nah, not at all. Not at all. Even with the, even with all the medicine and things that they can do for him, there's only so much that his body can actually take. Yeah, he's got to rest up, heal, surgery, and the biggest thing is really the rehab. Damn. And that, that Achilles rehab is no joke. He, all he got to do is that. Well, he can at least ask KD. Did you watch any of the draft? Because I didn't. I didn't pay any attention. I was doing like a three-hour podcast. Uh, yeah, I watched it. Yeah. So who is the guy that the Bulls got? Like, who is this guy? Like the youngest player in the draft, Patrick Williams. Like eighteen years old, six foot eight, still growing. He's like six eight, two thirty, so he's solid. Oh wow. Um, he's got a lot of upside, but he was a six man. Florida State had like a top recruiting class, but you know, a lot of these guys are one and done. And then because of COVID, they couldn't get the exposure. They're like, let me go grab the money. I don't blame them. So he didn't even start for Florida State. He came off the bench. Hmm. So they drafted him, but he Florida did a lot State of private. Um, they just had a really good, normally they like average, but they had a really good recruiting year. Okay. So which is one of those odd years where they had a really talented and deep um, class that they recruited. Okay. But, you know, I, you know, a lot of those guys are going to be one and done, man. So it is what it is. Um, he did a lot of personal workouts. You know, in those workouts, they have a lot of those guys go against other draft players in the workouts. And supposedly on multiple workouts, he dominated. That's why, that's why he, because he was projected like between 15 and 20, but he shot up to four because they see how he's, his, what he's like comp wise against guys who they thought were in the top 10. And supposedly he dominated them. Okay. Okay. That's good shit. Uh, they he, the Bulls, he, yeah, he, the Bulls weren't the only team that, that he was shooting up on their board either. So it'd be different if it was just the Bulls who thought that, but multiple teams thought it. Okay. So it was, so it was a, was it a good move? Because you know, sometimes they'll project that guy to be that and they'll try to fool other people into to draft one of these guys and then pull a okie doke on them or something. Right. Um, you know, when it comes to is it a good move, you you, you don't know until two, three don't. years from now, man. Don't. You just don't know. You don't know what any of these guys. Um, that, you know, the only guys you know was a sure thing, like you knew LeBron was a sure thing. You knew Tim Duncan was a sure thing. Some guys you just look at him and you like, he could have been a lead two, three, four years ago. You know, so um, none of these guys you look at and you say, they're there already. There's a lot of potential, but, you know, you got to realize that potential. So it's, you have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Durant was a sure thing. Uh, mm -hmm. He should have went number one in that draft because he went number two, right? Greg Oden. I think so, yeah. Yeah, Greg Oden went before before him or whatever. See how that yep. 
Yeah. Talking about with Kevin Durant? Yeah. Yeah, you know, at that time, the game was starting to change a little bit. That was like the last point where the big man was, the you know, you get a dominant big man, that's who you build your organization around. So they didn't have enough force. Portland didn't have enough foresight to see, oh, this seven-foot guy who can play, you know, pretty much all five positions. They just didn't see it. Also, he was super skinny. They were afraid would he hold up. Yeah. But yeah, because I, I would have taken him because Odom had the proven injury history, not KD. So facts, and and it was already about the micro fracture in his in his knee or whatever before he. Had yeah, I, big man with that much weight, knee issue. I'm sorry, I'm yeah. I'm not going that route. That's just me. I wish I could have been in that room when they were doing that, and who was saying, "Yo, no, we should go out to Durant." And they're like, "No, we're gonna go with the big guy, dominant big guy." I wonder if anybody was in the room like, "No, that's that's the future." That's in a, Portland, yeah. in Portland, supposedly Odin was a unanimous. Yeah, um, no. Oh, it, it turned out the way it turned out. Well, yeah. <laughs> look at KD and look at Odin. So I don't I would I don't think I could have passed on something like that, you know? I I couldn't have either. A guy that long who were who kind of were at the time when I saw him reminded me of a more mobile and better shooting uh Kevin Garnett. Exactly. No, you're 100% right. Yeah. Um, I just think people, they didn't have the foresight to see that. Even with the Milwaukee Bucks with Giannis, I just think that people didn't quite understand, even though he's 6'11", 7 feet, his mobility, even if you just project him as a post player, I don't care if you know a guy can dribble. I'm thinking the skill set that can happen at perimeter will project against a guy in the mid post to post range. And also you combine that with athleticism. I still would have taken Durant over Odom just because of the ball handling and ability between the mid post and post range. And also the biggest thing Portland miss is Kevin Durant's a 92% free throw shooter. So it's, it's the small things of the game that people miss unless you are like a LeBron where you just set your soul above average and amazing in so many other categories, you can kind of afford to be a bad free throw shooter. Yeah. I mean, if LeBron was a good free throw shooter, we would be having a conversation, the whole Michael Jordan conversation. We actually could because there are a lot more games they would have won. He would have had more confidence playing to his strength, which is I'm bigger, faster, stronger than everybody. I'm going to the hole. Problem is when the game was tight, he didn't want to do it because he couldn't hit the free throws. Yeah. Yeah, but it does, so, there's still so much to that debate to me. Uh, we're talking about, yeah. about a guy who won 10 scoring titles. and Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, t- uh, uh, all defensive. I mean, yeah. I mean, to me, he's still behind, but he wouldn't be <laughs> at least a little more in the conversation. Yeah, yeah, you could put him more in there, but there are just so many other things. that I, I think people people always just go, oh, the six rings, and he went six for six. It's like, no, nah, I think if you pay a little bit more attention to it, you will see uh, the depth of Mike, like – the utility belt that he had was very deep and very large. Mm-hmm. He always had something he could rely on and get to. Uh, or he had things, he had more accolades that he had received throughout the course of his career. So, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, and the guys played in different eras. Absolutely. And, they've been, asked, and they've, been played, they've been asked to do different things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, salute to a buddy I went to school with, Clifford Murky. I think his son wasn't drafted, but he got the call from uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. So, salute to him. Oh, really? Yeah. Congratulations to him, man. That's, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, his, I think his senior year, he, he really started acting out. Like, he started going crazy down in Denver um, mm-hmm. last season there. So, um, 
salute to yeah, salute to them. And me and him did a, did this before. Uh, and it was a really good episode. So yeah. But that's All right, up. man. Neutral corner, that's what we're doing now. Neutral fucking <laughs> two guys on the chopping block right now. Canelo Alvarez and Terrence Bud Crawford. I'm, I'm gonna say it, Saul Canelo Alvarez. Yes, Saul. Saul, yes, Canelo, Cinnamon, and Terrence Bud Crawford. So we just saw that it's official. Callum Smith is the next opponent. Um, I think we are both in agreement as far as the talent pool around him and the talent that he continues to swim out the way of uh, as far as uh, cementing his future in the uh, in the record books and in the uh, halls of the Boxing Hall of Fame. Uh, amongst right. most legends, especially the Mexican crowd, well, I should say the Mexican greats, not the Mexican crowd, because you can say whatever, but amongst the greats, there is this uh, ongoing conversation where they're saying he's good, but he had, he's not great. And the reason why I understand that is because when you look at who he's fought, he hasn't fought the best at any weight division. He's moved around these guys. And people can say, oh, he fought Golovkin. He fought him twice and he lost the first fight. All right. Then you can say he fought Danny Jacobs. I feel like Danny Jacobs didn't put up much of a fight and he probably couldn't, you know, he probably having weight issues or something like that. Not making an excuse, yeah. but after that, there is only legends on his record, and those legends were pretty much out of their prime. And the only exactly. one that was like out of his prime, but still very good as a master boxer was Floyd Mayweather. So uh, that was a Floyd, uh, that was a fight Floyd Mayweather said he did not want to take. But since people kept pushing Floyd and saying that he was scared, he took the fight. Ultimately, he gave uh, a master boxing class in the ring. Um, and now here we are. I don't know how many years later we're looking at his record and we're going, all right, when are you going to fight a Charlo, a Andre, a Benavidez, um, a Caleb? Yeah. And all those guys. Uh, so now we have, we're at Caleb, Callum Smith. You know a little bit more about Callum Smith than I do. I don't, I haven't even tried to pay attention to, to this guy and what he's able to do. So you, I'm going to let you take it from there. Callum Smith, UK fighter, um, tall, rangy, fundamentally sound, um, really good jab. He's going to have the reach advantage on Canelo if we're talking about Callum Smith. I don't want to talk about any of his past fights because that's irrelevant. You know, you got to look at the opponent, styles make fights. Um, Canelo's going to have to get inside that jab, go to the body, and then try to finish him upstairs. Um, the fight's going to go one of two ways. You already know what's going to happen. It's either going, it's either going to be Callum Smith is going to keep him on the outside with that jab, pepper with one twos, hook off the jab, just to throw Canelo off on the timing. Or Canelo's going to have to do what he always does. He's built like a little tank. Can he take those punches and parry them and get on the inside and do damage to the body? Um, I, to me, that's, that's the bottom line. Callum Smith has the ability. He does have the skill set to be Canelo. It's a matter of can he execute the game plan against Canelo. I think it's going to be a better fight than what people think because a lot of, you know, U.S. boxing fans aren't familiar with the U.K. It's no disrespect to U.K. fighters. It's just that, you know, Eddie Hearn and <laughs> Frank Warren are kind of like, you know, they kind of, they're, they're kind of bullshit artists. So you, with U.S. fans, we're kind of like, we don't want to hear the hype job. We want to see you fight. We want to see you fight great guys. And the talent pool is just better here. Absolutely. Because obviously in the Western Hemisphere, you know, just just over in the Americas, you have 
North America, you have United States and you have Mexico, right? And you have also other, other countries in Central America and other fighters who come from South America. They tend to all come to the US and fight. Where in the UK, they predominantly just fight UK only fighters. You see some Eastern Europeans coming in a little bit, but a lot of Eastern European fighters are coming over to the States. Right. You know, a la Yusik and Lomachenko. Yeah, you know, we're both Ukrainian. Is, the other part yeah. of it is, as far as I know, is that the within the boxing community community in the UK, they don't mix the fighters very well. Like the pros don't mm -hmm. mix up with with the amateur guys. They don't learn. They don't get a lot of the stuff that they that they do over here. Like you can go to yeah. a gym here and you might run you might run into Montel Griffin. You might even see a Roy Jones at some of these yeah. places. But there, um, as far as yeah. I know, um, it's not like that. Like they keep them all separate. And I think you do a disservice and an end and injustice to the fighters when they can't get that that type of work in where you can understand what it's like to go against a pro boxer. So you understand what, what your skill set is and what the things you need to improve. Also, it's a it's a it's a confidence builder and it's a motivation to know that you get to be around pro fights and see the best. So uh, right. they, because they don't have that mixture or from what I understand, they don't have that mixture. I think that's one of the things that are keeping them uh, from not being uh, at that top level, even though they do have top level boxers. But um, right the drop here is just so much, you know, it is it's a. It's a vast variety of, of fighters that you can get to watch and see. I don't know much about Callum Smith. I'm expecting this fight to go late before someone gets worn down and gets uh, knocked out. Uh, yeah. I was expecting this fight to be the same way with Sergey Kovalev. That's what I was expecting. I was expecting Kovalev to kind of like just run through him. And he didn't. He just backed up. He backed up me throughout this little lazy jab. And I don't know why. I don't know if it was a well, he wanted the paycheck. He wanted the paycheck, bro. He was there for the easy money. He's on his way out. He's, he, he's, uh, you know, he's damaged goods. Much, you know, I don't want to talk about another UK fight. Like much like Kill Brook, you know, the guys look, they they look good. They come in shape, but they've been through wars, you know. Uh, and he just damn at this point, he just damaged goods. I mean, it took a lot for Kovalev to overcome that fight with Anthony Yard. I think that took the last bit out of him. And Canelo's obviously a more skilled and better fighter than Anthony Yard. I forgot so, about that fight. I forgot yeah, about it, took, it took a lot out of Kovalev. Kovalev could have lost that fight. He, he nearly lost that fight. If Yard had better conditioning, he probably would have won that fight. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's... I heard it. He doesn't do any sparring. They say yeah. they, they save it for the actual fight. Which I, I get, you don't want your fighter being damaged, but you want to you want to be able to understand the skill set that he actually has. You know, you want right. to be able to understand, can he take an actual punch? Um, can he overcome what it feels like when he gets get his bell rung while he is sparring? Because you can't get your bell rung. Well, guess what Anthony Yard is doing now? Sparring. <laughs> it's about time. Like, that's something that you actually need to work on. You need to spar. Sparring is one of the key things that helps you your punches and sit down on your punches and learn about your your, uh, your actual asset, the things that you can do and the things that you can't do. Um, Callum Smith, I don't know, man. I just think that it's not going to go that – I don't – I want I, I wanted Kovalev to go forward. Let me just go back to that. I wanted Kovalev to go okay. forward and make it a fight, and he didn't. Like, he just, he backed up. He backed up. It was almost like he was just scared to, to do anything. And, you know, like you said, he got the paycheck. So now we hear the Callum Smith – I feel like someone's going to end up being folded like a lawn chair. I think I've seen this episode already. Yeah. Uh, 
I would like I mean, to look. I thought we were going to see Caleb Plant. Uh, and I didn't want to see it in December. I was like, no, nah, fuck that. Do it in January. Do it in January. Start the year off. Yeah, that was trap game from Canelo. That was, again, excellent. Typical, even though he's not with him anymore, typical golden boy, you know, type of move. I'm going to flash you to get everybody's attention on me. I'm going to flash a guy who could actually beat me. And everybody's like, oh, wow, wow that's a good fight. But then I'm not going to fight him. I'm going to pick somebody else. You know, he brings up, I might fight Spence. Uh, oh, yeah, Charlo. Yeah, I can see myself fighting Charlo. Oh, yeah, Plant. I'm going to fight Plant. You know, he's over all these weight divisions. That's the reason why he does that. So he does that, and then he cherry picks. Now, the other thing about Callum Smith is it gives him leverage because Callum Smith, I believe, have, I think he has two of the belts at 168. I believe well, he does. Vacant, right? Benavides has one. Well, the WBC is vacant. And Plant has the IBF, the WBO and WBA are with Callum Smith. Ah, okay. 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 All right. So in in that instance, you know, Canelo's looking at it like, easy money, grab two belts. I got the hype machine behind me. I've got the, I got the audience behind me. I got the country behind me. I I'm the king of 168 because I have two belts and everybody else has one and there's another vacant one. And obviously you know, it's like any other game. He can always walk into the WBC because I feel like him and Suleiman, they probably like take showers together. And he's just like, look, you know, I'm going to get these, I'm going to get this other work. And I know I can always go to that vacant WBC. I can always button my way in. I don't care who the mandatory is. Suleiman will figure it out. I'll, I'll, I can always get that fight. Yeah. Right. So he, now he already knows I can get three belts. He sees his path to three belts. Yeah. Don't, and so he'll say plant for last. Or he may avoid plant and say, well, I'm unified. I had three of the belts. Uh, It was hard to make that fight, politics, all of this stuff. And then he'll say, I'll fight somebody at 175 or maybe I'll go down to 160. You know, he's going to keep playing these games. Yeah, yeah, the avoidance. And again, that's where it comes in when you talk about being a great fighter and not just a a great Mexican fighter, but just an all-around great fighter. You have to fight. To be the best, you have to beat the best. And... We yeah. haven't seen it. And let's throw another person in there. Gennady Golovkin really didn't fight much of anybody either. So his yeah, record I mean, is Gen- yeah, a champ. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it, anybody who doesn't fight, if you're in your prime and you don't fight somebody else in their prime, I'm going to knock it against you. You know, so it's like, as it relates to, like, you look, Triple G. Triple G didn't want smoke with Charlo. You know, he didn't want smoke with Andre Ward. So he avoided guys who were call who. So Andre Ward on the front end, when he first came out and everybody was like, ooh, GGG, oh, he's amazing. Andre Ward's like, okay, I'll take the smoke. And, you know, Ward got kind of got screwed up too because Ward was in that division and they moved Ward up. They were trying to make Ward food for Kovalev, but he beat the odds. Yeah. Now, Drea never admitted, but he was going to be food. They food for, 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 uh, for uh, Kovalev. They moved Ward out the division to clear it. So now well, he talked about it. He said something about it recently. He said they moved me out the way of yeah, the so yeah. he got a whole platform. Okay. He said I right. had to go fight the most dangerous fighter, right? And I could have lost, but I, I didn't. And that's not what yeah. they expected. He said that recently. See, what, what I wanted, what I wanted fighters to do, and what I wanted Dre to do. Um, now he's not going out as bad as Bud. I don't want to keep keep getting too off the subject, but I wanted him after he had that fight with Kovalev, he should have he could have done more to force that fight with Triple G. Um, in my, in my, I know he called him out, but I think the problem is these guys have to start calling out 
get promoters. Like Dana White said, I, and you know, I don't agree with Dana White politically, but I think he's a phenomenal astute businessman, you know, cause scary money don't make any, don't make no money. And also how dare, you know, Bob Arum talks about what money he's making or losing on a fighter. That's not the fighter's job. The fighter's job is to come make weight, train, make weight, fight, put on a good performance and win. That's the fighter's job. It's your job to figure out how you gonna make money. He can't be sitting back thinking about, oh, how am I gonna make my promoter money? That's not his job. So, you know, at the end of the day, man, these guys have to step up and be assertive and say they wanna fight a guy. Now, at least at least a Dre would call out Triple G multiple times and was willing to work with him on the weight. 164, you know, he told him 164. Yeah, a catch weight, exactly. The problem I'm seeing with Bud is, is that you got to be reasonable, man. You know, now I'm hearing, I know Spence said, hey, man, I hear what you're doing. You're on free TV. The numbers look great. That's free TV. But on pay-per-view, bro, I'm the star. I'm the cash cow. 60-40 split. You know, then Bud turns around and he says, well, no, actually, I don't need you for my legacy. Wrong. Number two, um, I, I should get the 60%, you know, double negative. So, you know, it, it's a bunch of, fuckery going on and I know it's um it's, it's a tactic but it's a it's a very poor tactic because a lot of things these guys are doing are lacking common sense to me boxing is kind of getting getting out of control with the guys who we can look at them and say like Canelo has elite an elite skill set like he can actually fight Bud can actually fight they have all the talent in the world but for whatever reason these guys don't want to do what it takes like a Hagler like a Hearns like a Sugar Ray they don't want to fight I mean, I hear all the excuses. Now, if Spence was on the other side of Bud and he was fighting a bunch of nobodies, I would have Bud's back. I would criticize Spence just as much. The reason why Bud doesn't have a leg to stand on is because Spence is fighting the other guys at the top of the division. Everybody. That's his problem. And so you look at just, you know, look at the last, what, three, four fights from each of them. I mean, uh, Errol just be Sean Porter. Now, I know Kell Brook beat Sean Porter, but that was years ago. That was like five years ago. And I think we both say Sean Porter is better than Kell Brook right now. I think we anybody with, you know, can do the eye test can see that. Yeah, if you can't, if you can't agree on that, then there's something wrong with you. You shouldn't watch Exactly. It. So now let's look at the fight before that. Mikey Garcia. All right, so you got Green Bean, Mean Machine, who, 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 uh, who Terrence lost. And mind you, Terrence is getting touched with these guys too, right? Yeah, Errol was in a war with Sean, but he was never hurt. He never got buckled. No. He was no he and he fought Sean's fight. He didn't fight Sean Porter like he fought Mikey Garcia. No. Sean bull Sean bull rushed in same way he I think Sean would fight Bud Crawford. Yeah, and he beat Sean at his style of fighting. So he to me, right in there, he stayed right. That shows me. He showed me multiple dimensions. Bud has only shown me one dimension. I'm master boxer in my space, and I control the distance. Problem is, Spence can control distance. And Spence, when it comes down to it, and you got to be a real dog against another dog, Spence can be a dog. Bud looks like a dog, but it's easy to be called a dog when you're a Rottweiler and the other dog's a Chihuahua. Yeah, and, 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 and Bud has to understand that. Yeah. yeah. Anytime you can just chew through the competition, but it's not the best at the top of the heat. People are going like, like we're looking at that and we're going, okay, that was good. Like, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. And, I, and someone asked me, they was like, uh, they asked me the other day, they said, would it have been any different if Kale Brook went seven or eight rounds? And I was like, no, because it's yeah. the same result. Like, I, at some point, you expected him, and I, no knock against Kale Brook, because you got to be crazy out your goddamn mind and 
a, a complete warrior to go in there and do that, you know, because he started off well, but in the end, like we kind of already knew where this was going. We was all looking for it. It was like at some point he's going to get hit with a punch and he's going to go, yo, I don't, I don't like this. Yeah. I I mean, and, and that's what Porter says. Porter, Porter's main thing. He's saying what Errol wants to say. And it's that, you know, what you haven't seen Crawford go against is somebody who makes him uncomfortable, takes away the space tactically and also strategically can also get in a chess match with them. The other thing is you haven't seen Crawford have to make the adjustment to go in an all out war. And in a war, that means the other guy has resistance to your punches. Yeah. And the problem is he's fighting guys who don't have a lot of resistance. And I'm talking like, about, I want to say at 147, at 135, they'll bring up, they'll bring up Gamboa. That's cool. All right, fine. But at I mean, Gam And Gamboa hurt him. Huh? And Gamboa hurt him. That's what I'm saying. But that was at 135. I'm talking about yeah. at 147. Yeah. You haven't had those fights. And to me, I think that gateway is fucking Sean Porter. Like that's. I agree. And honestly, when you think about it at 140, I looked at his resume again. Who at 140, bro? Like, honestly, uh, who? I don't know. I'm, the only thing I can give you is Victor Postal. <sighs> I mean, Victor Postal was an Eastern European hype job. Let, I mean, he's very basic European style. It's nothing special about Victor Postal. He was not a one-punch knockout artist. He didn't have this immense power. Oh, he yeah. wasn't the quickest. He, he wasn't super athletic. He did have quick foot. Extremely technically sound in his style. But yeah, you think about the next best guy he fought was Postal, but that was all marketing. I'm talking about the guy. Has he ever fought a guy? And we looked at the guy and we see the guy's resume and we're like, that guy kicks ass. Yeah. You have Porter, I mean, Bud ain't fought one guy and you're like, oh, wow, that dude is, kicks ass. Yeah. Now, there's been a lot of marketing behind Postal, but with what, he, what he's done, it's like, I, I didn't see it, which yeah. is why I was. When you and same thing, you know. Yo, yeah. this is gonna be a good fight. This is yeah. gonna and they try to do the same thing with Andongo. Oh, Andongo, he's this dude. Andongo, he's irrelevant. No, he I, was I, a nobody. When he made that fight, I was like, wash. Yes. Wash. I was like, that's gonna be a wash. I'm like, it's gonna be a few rounds before Terrence finds out his timing and the speed. Yeah. And he, he he's gonna yeah. wash. Like, it I mean, he fought Ricky Burns and went the distance. Uh, granted, he was. That was one forty. Yeah. Ricky Burns? I, I think that was at 135. That's where he won the title from Ricky Burns. Okay. I don't, I don't I think remember. That was a, I don't remember. Yeah, so Ricky, but that was the beginning. Yeah, he okay. fought Ricky Burns, and that went the distance. And I, I get it because Bud was cutting a lot of weight hard at 135. Obviously, this is a good division, weight division for him. And so I get that, that he didn't, the power wasn't really there. But when I look at his competition, bro, it's all average. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a lot. Nobody there. special. No. Uh, it's guys that you're you're saying that he's supposed to beat, like he's supposed to beat them guys. It, it, it's guys. It's it's nobody who we would even say is number one a great fighter or anybody who's elite. Everybody's been either a hype job marketing wise or either they're just average. Yeah, it's not like we're we're clamoring to see that. You know, like no one was yeah. clamoring to see uh, Golovkin fight these guys we didn't know anything about. Same way we yeah. weren't clamoring to see. Uh, Canelo against Avni Yeardam, and no yeah. disrespect to that guy, but yeah, uh, exactly. Simple facts of yeah. what's on the table. <clears throat> what's on the table? We're not seeing. We're not seeing much from it, and I want to see those fights. Like we see Spence now getting all the fights. Like guys now understand. Like okay, I have to fight him. Like I have to yeah. fight. Him. Like there's no to. way around this guy now. And you know the other reason why they got to fight him is not only does he has he unified, 
not only is he at the top of the food chain, but that's also going to be your biggest paycheck. Yeah, he's a draw. He's a draw. And let me say this, too, because I think, man, you had some text messages about this. Manny Pacquiao is the next big, biggest draw. Mm-hmm. So whoever ends up getting that fight next, God bless him, because that's going to take a lot. <laughs> that's going to take a lot of steam, man. That's going to take a yeah. lot of steam. Like you, That's going to put you in a very good position, whoever ends up fighting him. Um, but right now, I don't know. He's talking about Conor McGregor or whatever it is. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen and he ends up in front of uh, Porter or hell, even Bud at some point. But I, I would definitely mm-hmm. like to see that. And I, I know Porter said that he, he he did. He said he, he did spar with Pac-Man a few times. Yeah, they, they, they spar, but he's not going to fight Crawford. I'm gonna tell you why. If he didn't, if he didn't fight Crawford when they're both over at Top Tank, <laughs> so he ain't gonna fight him now, huh? He, he's not gonna fight him now, and he's on the PBC side, and that's why I call him Top Tank because every big fight, Bob Arum tanks it. You you think it that, that's you, do you think that's really the issue, or is it just Bob? Yeah, you just said you just said it, Bob Bob tanks. It it. Yeah. I, I think Bob does it, but I think the guys who acquiesce to that, there's something about them that. Everybody sees Bob not being able to make the big fights, right? He made the one big fight with Wilder and Fury. To me, you know, that, that that's all. It's a whole bunch of smoke around that. That's a whole other conversation we can go off into. But when you look at it, he doesn't deliver the big fights. He just doesn't. Now, Crawford should have known better. He could have looked at Mayweather. You know, when Mayweather was pretty boy, he actually went through the gauntlet. Now, he went through the gauntlet because, number one, top rank had a, 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 a lot of the top fighters in those weight divisions. And Floyd ran through them. Now, the problem was, you know, uh, uh, Bob had just lost Oscar. Oscar was keeping Floyd down because they weren't really promoting Floyd. It was all about Oscar. Then what happened was uh, Floyd was coming to Bob like, okay, Oscar left. I'm, I'm top of the food chain. Bob didn't want to up Mag saying, you're not marketable. I can't sell you, blah, blah, blah. And that's when Floyd was like, okay. And then, then, then came Money Mayweather. And look at him now. I would say he definitely won that. Oh yeah, decision making. Yeah, but he won that one. It's, yeah. If you look at it at the history of it, you just ne- mentioned two names: Oscar De La Hoya, Floyd Mayweather. They both left. If the promoter yeah. was doing such a good job, why would you leave? Or do you just understand your own earning power and the, and, the, and the ability that you have on your own? Hell, even Cotto left from over there. Like everybody yeah. leaves from over there. Yeah, you know when I look at Bob, like you know from a business standpoint. Signing with top rank is fixed income. <laughs> you know, that's how I look at it. It's fixing, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get 2 million, 3 million, 5 million, 6 million. Terrence is probably, you know, getting 3 to 4 million, 3 to 5 million. I don't want to count anybody's money, but it's a fixed income. You know what you're getting. The problem is, is that if you're cream, you can't really rise to the top, right? There's a limit, there's a ceiling there. And, you know, Mayweather saw that ceiling, Oscar saw that ceiling. Other fighters have seen that. And a lot of guys have been with top ranking love, just like a lot of guys have been with Golden Boy. I mean, Al Heyman, he had half his stables with Golden Boy and he took them all, you know? So pe- when promoters have these ceilings and fighters say, not only can I get better competition, build my legacy, make bigger fights so I can make more money, you clearly have promoters who are stopping that from happening because they have a different strategy. So to me, like, here's how I look at it. Top rank, Bob Arum, Golden Boy, Oscar De La Hoya, Matchroom, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, uh, yeah, Matchroom DeZone with Eddie Hearn, Frank Warren to a lesser extent over in the UK because he's got Tyson Fury when he's in the UK or whatever. 
those guys all have the same strategy. It's let's get a guy, let's market him. Let's put him in there, a bunch of, a bunch of patty cakes. When people are clamoring for a big fight, unless it's exponentially, unless it's really, really big money, and I have somebody that, and I and I have somebody to come behind that guy to fill that void in case he loses, so I can cover my losses. Not I'm not making the fight. Yeah. I'm not gonna do it. So you know that's why they're avoiding Tyson Fury versus Wilder three. They know Wilder's probably angry. He's gonna probably try to knock Fury's head off. They know even if he Fury doesn't pay the price for whatever the whole issue is with Glovegate, they know he's gonna be under additional scrutiny that third fight with his glove situation. Yeah. Everything is going to be scrutinized. So you have to come in under the assumption is if my guy did have some unfair advantage in the rematch, in the trilogy fight, in the third fight, you know, the suspicion is going to negate that. I had I was sketchy about the whole glove gate thing until they showed the picture of the glove and it looked like you could just see all knuckle. I was like, yo, that ain't yeah. correct. Like that's not yeah, that's not like that. It, that's not supposed to happen. Like the under flopping any, of the glove, I understand that when you're like throwing, when you're not really throwing a jab and you're just flicking it out there. Like I kind of understand yeah. that. Or even when they tape, when they tape your hands, there's a little flexibility. And if you know, bo boxing fighters have strong hands. I can see you flopping it a little bit. Still yeah. not that much. Still not that much, which yeah. is a problem. But my bigger issue is, is you can clearly see the imprint of his knuckles through the glove. Yeah. Not in the entire time of boxing have I ever seen that. No. So, and what, what's so interesting is whether it's ESPN, whether it's Tyson Fury, whether it's anybody, even all the haters, AJ, all the other people, e even Breland. You know, I, I think it's wrong that he went after Breland with that, but how do you, and JD's, how do you explain the guy's glove being like that? Everybody talks about everything else other than how the hell do you see the guy's knuckle print yeah. in the glove how do you explain that that's when i withdrew i was like yo he just upset he lost such and such, such but when they showed that i was like oh no all right pimp like yeah. there's something wrong there like you there's no way you're supposed to see a person's uh fist through the glove uh, well, that that, and then you got he got a dent he's got a dent in his head which is probably why he came up with the stupid excuse of it was my costume weighing too much because he wasn't in his right mind <laughs> yeah you know he had that dent in his head yeah, his brain wasn't working right that that was my only like i i, I like deontay wilder um yeah. i i go back to listening to things that lennox lewis said um and emmanuel stewart it was like he has to work on his jab and the way he throws his punches because those are going to be things like the basic training of, the, of, of what you do ultimately can get you through certain things um and if you mm -hmm. look at a guy like one manuel marquette Marquez, you look at Floyd Mayweather, uh, you look at these guys who have the bases down, even down to Tommy Hearns, because I know Emmanuel Stewart once upon a time said that Tommy wasn't the best athletic or all that. He said he did the basic things very well, and he did it mm -hmm. over and over again, and it was just repetition for him to the point where he just did it, and it was just like, it was just, it was muscle memory. So that's why he was able to do certain things he was able to do. Nobody um, had, a, had a better one-two yeah, and Tommy to hit man hurt oh, in all the boxing. Oh man, and he nobody could, he could do it. He could do it different ways too. He yeah, he, it he would. Ways. Different variations, different everything. Um, and, and and I look at that and I, and I wonder about that. Like when you got a guy like Mark Breland in your corner, corner, I need some evidence when you say things like he poisoned your water. You know, he gave you relaxes, relaxes. Like I, 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 I need to see evidence about that because why would a a two time world champion, one of the greatest. Uh, amateur boxers in, in New York history, 100, even like 101 or something like that. Why would right he here. poison your water? 
Like what, what, what would be the purpose of him doing that? Yeah, I mean, to me, if you can't show me evidence or if you can't give me a bank account where he got some, some transaction with some money that you can't trace, then to me, shut up. You know, I don't like allegations like that unless you can prove it. You know, I, I liken that to Trump talking about voter fraud. No, show me. Don't say there's voter fraud if you can't show me. So he, he's made some really, really bad PR moves. He obviously is missing a good public relations team around him and crisis management team around him. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't, I don't need all of that to know that I saw Tyson Fury's knuckles. Yeah. And that, that shit just doesn't add up. And yeah, until somebody can give me a valid explanation as to why you would see somebody's knuckles in a glove, and I'm then I, I don't want to hear it. I'm curious as to who was in the back room when these gloves were being put on. Like J, J, JD's, JDS. He was in the back room. I saw the video. He was back there. He was back there. But you know what the rumor is? But the rumor is, is that they did it. Then they took, then when they cut away, he didn't keep those on. They're saying he could, they cut them off and put some different ones on. That's the rumor. So when you look at the, hold on, I'm, I'm not saying Diaz is still wrong in a sense, right? But what I'm saying is when I looked at the video when Diaz was watching him, when it's putting Tyson Fury's gloves on, you couldn't see his knuckles. He was squeezing and the glove was clearly padded. There's only one explanation why if the video was on where Diaz is there and the gloves are on are padded and then you go and you in the ring and then your gloves aren't padded, that means you change your fucking gloves. Yeah. And you can't tell me there's not enough time you know, unless you put the gloves on and, and he walks right out, there was definitely like another 30, 45 minutes after those gloves went on before Fury. At first I was like, well, maybe he used, I think it's a horse hair where you can move the padding around to get to the bare knuckle. But I was like, you can't, as the trainer who's watching, like you would see that, yeah. you would know it. You would see what it is. So when you see a guy that's like all knuckle, I'm like, oh, no, man, y'all tripping. Yeah. The, the other thing is, is here's another thing. There's video footage back there. They have cameras back there. Yeah. So if I'm Deontay, why didn't you not get a lawyer and subpoena those records and get that footage, at least to see what comes up with it? If you're Tyson Fury and you're innocent, why wouldn't you say, hey, here's the video. Here's a, here's a video of me the whole time. Uh, there's also, I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's a photographer that did some of Tyson Fury's fights. Um, and he was the photographer doing one of those fights. He allegedly, from what I was told, he has plenty of photos that he posted of that fight where you can actually see the gloves of Tyson Fury. Um, he has since, since people have uh, found out who this guy is, he has since locked the photos and you can't go to his page and access them anymore. He locked the photos or whatever he did to them, but you can't, you can't view them. He didn't take them down, but you just can't view them. Right. So that lets me know that there's something there. Yeah, unless you know somebody, somebody that, he got a phone call. Yeah. Y'all, Yo, you know that. You know that. Hey, take that down. We got a phone call. Take that down or at least lock it. Like, I don't, we don't want people to see that. So, yeah. Or take it down or I'll break your legs. That too, <laughs> right? It's a lot of that going around. Uh, salute to guys like Sugar Ray Robinson on that subject and uh, Muhammad Ali, who had people that would back them and tell them, if anybody touch you, we're going to touch them. We're not worried about that. Exactly. So, exactly. Uh, it's exactly. always good to have people in your corner. That can look out yeah. for. Um, but I definitely want to see what happens uh, in the 168 division and in the 147 division. Uh, we got some really prime good fights. Me and you were talking earlier about 
135. Don't leave, don't leave out 135. Oh shit. How could I forget? Damn it, man. Damn it, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who wants to smoke though? Who really wants all the smoke? So I'm gonna say this. I think Devin Haney is more of a boxer than a puncher. Mm-hmm. I think we are asking him to do something that he's trying, he may be trying to do, but it's it's not it's not necessarily his skill set, unless it's like the timing and the accuracy of his punch. But for the most part, I think that Dev is a very great boxer. Salute to him. He's a very great boxer, but though there's some monsters in there. Um that tank, that goddamn tank Davis, man. Yeah. Listen, he switched his gloves. He didn't like the uh, Grant gloves. Yeah. So he didn't like the way they feel, so he put on the winning gloves. For those who don't know, winning gloves are like putting on uh, pillows. Pillows, yeah. Yeah, they, they protect your hands. They, these are actual gloves that protect your hands when you're fighting. Yeah, Grant is more of a puncher's glove. Yeah, the Grant yeah. and Reyes. Grant and Reyes is more of a puncher's gloves. If anybody ever tried on a Reyes glove, glove it's damn near like just having on mittens. If you know anything about like you can really fuck somebody up with that. Um, but when he hit he hit my man with that punch, he went lights out. And then the, the conversation was that he's changed his gloves at the last minute and no one knew. Hey man, what fighter you know would change to a a pillow to knock a guy out? Like stop it. Not only that, but this is what tank does to everybody. I think that's the thing. It, like it's it was par for the course. Tank is the most dynamic fighter in that division. Because number one, he can take a punch. Number two, he does he does have some boxing skill. You haven't quite seen it all. He's gonna have to fight the right type of fighter. Yeah, somebody like, got to me. Haney and Garcia and and Teofimo will have to will make Tank box, in my opinion. But the, what makes Tank the most dangerous out of all of them is Tank has a a, a such a high a high IQ and a belief in his one punch knockout power that he's constantly thinking on how to land with complete fierce accuracy that one knockout punch and every fight he's been in he succeeded yeah. now if, if, if you want to if you want to take those accumulation blows he'll do that to you too but his game plan is okay he's not he's not the biggest guy 135 he's got the, he's gonna always had a shorter arms but the difference is he's willing to get in there and engage and mix it up it's weird he, he even though he's not as quick a foot and he's more, a little bit more plotting. He reminds me of Pacquiao in the sense of he's, he, he always has the shorter arms, but he's, he really understands angles. He understands how to get into his punching range. And one thing that's special about him is if he can't get you cleanly, he will take a punch or two to land that devastating punch. That number one, that takes balls. Number two, that takes um, a a high amount of skill because once you get, if you know, if you've ever been hit, you know, where you end up and where you are to land that counter shot is completely different as if you don't get hit at all. So that to me, that's the most amazing thing that he does. If you look at Leo, people say, well, he made a mistake. He threw three straight right hands. Yeah, those straight right hands were landing. And that's the, that's the best punch. <laughs> and that's the best punch you can land against a southpaw. But Tank set him up and people don't give him credit for his IQ. Bam, barely missed the first one. Nailed him on the second one. Third one, Tank. And they look, people look at it, you think, okay, how did he not see that windup? Because the way Tank did his body. Tank did his body. He could not see the left hand. He had it out. And then what he did was 
he boom and then bam came all yeah, the way through with the uppercut. He tucked it and he moved. He slipped. He tucked he slipped it. And he tucked his own punch. And and threw yeah. that motherfucker. He reached up to the ceiling and he grabbed it. Exactly. That wasn't a wild punch. That wasn't an out of control punch. Uh, that was a. And the thing is, what he makes him special to me out of all the fighters is, he's a guy who throws something with, I mean, absolute venom. And I mean, that's an uppercut. Uppercut is the worst punch you could throw if you miss because you are fully exposed for a counter yeah, shot. Absolutely. To have that amount of confidence and to throw that knockout punch and to be that accurate is phenomenal skill, high IQ, and toughness. And he's going to be, to me, he's the toughest out in, in that division by far. Haney's yeah. a great boxer, but the problem is all it, all it would take tank is one good clean shot. Yeah. To nail that. I think so for me, I think what Tank does with his skill set is he knows he can box, but he uses boxing to throw power punches. Like he doesn't do exactly. He doesn't box. Like he gets everything done so he can get close enough just to hurt you. And you can exactly. see it. When he fought Santa Cruz, to me, in my opinion, you could see, oh, he's using boxing to break him down. Yeah. He's using boxing to break him down. Like he doesn't care about the, the shots that's landing. Like he can take that. But for him, he's using his boxing skill to get inside and break him down. And by around round three or four, you start seeing the punches land to the body. And Leo would step to the side, or he would look at him and smile. He's like, there it go. There it yeah. go. We're not gonna, we're not gonna be here for too much longer. Right. We're not gonna be here for too much longer. So when Leo started telling him, come on, come on, bitch, walk in. And I was like, okay, there we go. That's what that's what that's what we want to see because now that's when he started throwing the right hook. The right hook is going around the gloves. He hitting him in the side of the face. I was like, "Yep, yeah. the right hook lands." And then he throws a straight left to the body. I was like, "Yeah, here it come, here it come." Yeah. And slowly but surely, you saw it. That pressure, that pressure yeah. that only certain fighters can put on you that'll make you yeah. that'll make you crack. The pressure and also what's lost is and then Pacquiao gets a lot of credit for this. The angles that he creates, but that he but Pacquiao gets the angles because of his sheer foot speed. Gervonta gets the tank gets the angles because of his pressure, and he just gets there. And it's not the quickest, but he's there. He's right up on you. And the other thing that he does that's that's crazy is is that uh, his ability to lure a guy in, get him overconfident. Leo got overconfident. A lot of fighters you see, they think they can hang in there. They get overconfident. The drives and, all those guys. Bam! They, it's like it's, it's almost like he hypnotizes him, right? It's like the little snake at the end of the basket. Look, we can talk yeah. about Quasia, Pedraza, all those guys. Even yeah. when the guy that I think it was Pedraza that was hitting him, and he tapped his yeah. chest, told him to throw some more, and the guy hit him. Yeah. And actually, you know, he threw a shot. I was like, yeah, you don't do that. Stay. No, you don't do it. Oh. You don't do it. And we obviously know because Tank, Tank has a chin. Yeah. You know, Tank can take a shot. And so, um, you know, I think that's just a, a crazy – he's the toughest fight. Deb, I think, is, from what I've seen, the best pure boxer – Exactly. Um, exactly. I, I need to see Ryan Garcia. I mean, the flash looks good. He definitely has at that weight division. He has the most physical advantages. He's five foot eleven. He's very tall for the division. Ryan Garcia is. Ryan Garcia is five eleven. I did not know that. Yeah, he's five foot eleven. So when you when you think about that, you know, Ryan, it, 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 he's got all the physical advantages. He's got tremendous hand speed. You know that much. Um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's absolutely nuts. His ability and what he can the, do. Fast, the fastest of them. I think he, uh, he definitely has the fastest. He's quicker than Haney. He, he, he's about a tick, uh, 
It's not much. Than, than, hey, not much. It's not, not much, much, but it, it's is there, and he's definitely the the longest, the longest guy. And, and and he seems to want to smoke, Ryan Garcia. He seems to want to be involved with that shit. Yeah, exactly. To to involved with everything. I saw him. Yeah, t- I mean, I saw him tweet. He said, "I don't give a fuck what nobody say." And not, I'm paraphrasing, but yeah, he said, "I'll take on, I'll take, I'll take on Tank Davis." That that don't that don't stop me from right. wanting that fight. Yeah, I, I think Tank would knock Ryan off, and there's one big weakness I see in Ryan Garcia that he's gonna have to do. When Ryan Garcia throws his punches, he never takes his head off the line. Mm. Mm. It, it's always it, like when he punches, even when he, you know, especially when he, it's, it, he, he doesn't duck, he doesn't get his head off the line. His head is always there. If you look at when Leo got when Leo got hit, Leo normally gets his head off the off the line, but Tank again, high IQ, he mesmerizes you. You get overconfident. Leo threw that straight right hand. He didn't get his head off the line. And so if you fight a guy like Tank Davis and you don't get your head off the line. He's gonna knock it off. And bro, to be honest, I don't think <laughs> when when he threw that shot, I don't think there was nowhere to really go. When Tank, when Tank threw that shit, it wasn't nowhere to go. Well, to me, you know what what would have helped? Was a lazy Leo, punch. Leo, there was no there was no variance on his straight right hands. He 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 could have learned from the school of Bernard Hopkins. B Hop would give you a straight right hand. He would shoot the hand off the angle this way. And then also B Hop would do, he would throw the right hand and dive in. So it would smother any counter you have. Yeah. Leo threw three of the same. It wasn't just that he threw three, but he threw them all the same way. Yeah. And so you can't do that against a counter puncher with power. If he, if he, that last one, if he'd have thrown it and he'd have dove in, if he'd have smothered that, that uppercut would have hit him on the hip because it wouldn't even came up. He would have smothered it. Or but if he didn't, but get, yeah. threw it. And got it back in time, he would have been okay. Just to put yeah. his hand back, well, he didn't do that. Yeah, you know what I mean. But that's kind of hard to like. But it was an uppercut, so even if he put his hand back, he got hit underneath. Right? Well, if he would have got the hand back, he would have with the elbow. Yeah, potentially. He but didn't do that. Like, he threw that shit, and it came back. Yeah. And by the time he got it back, that should. And then you know, Tank could have made the adjustment, and then it could have been a liver shot. It could have went instead of coming all the way up. That could have went to the body. To me, the best thing to do on a guy like Tank Davis is when you're in that type, when you're in close proximity, is best to smother him and come all the way in and close that distance. You can't give him that that amount of distance to get that shot off when he's in that close enough proximity. You got to smother him. You got to smother him. Just hug him, grab him. Yeah, yeah. You got to smother that power. Now I think Dev has the ability to do that. Um. I don't think Garcia does because Garcia is so long and I think he's so overconfident in his speed that uh, I see I see, a, I see a lot of technical flaws with him on the defensive side. Offensively, he's beautiful. So you now, know, waiting, yeah. right? now we have to do the waiting game because uh, yeah. what's his name? Campbell tested positive for COVID. Yeah. So Ryan Garcia. None of these guys are fighting each other in the next two years. They're not going to, none of them are going to fight each so? other. Nope. Like, I think Dev will ask for it. He won't get any of them. Um, I think Dev needs to leave the zone. I think Dev needs to come to PBC. I think, I, I, get, I know what think Bill's trying to do. get the Ryan Garcia fight before he leaves? No. I think Dev should go straight to PBC, and here's why. I think Dev should go to PBC because I think Al and all of them. Number one, it'll put a lot of pressure. Then you got Javante over there, too. I understand why he doesn't because he feels okay. Javante signed with Floyd, but Floyd, you know, they would take, they would take uh, 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 um, 
Dev as well. And I think you put yourself in better position to get that fight with Tank if you're on the PBC side, as opposed to being somewhere else. The other thing why we go to PBC is those guys, if they can't get Tank, which, you know, Floyd is managing his career, is only, you know, it's going to be very selective how he navigates Tank, then Dev will be next in line. So the people who can't get who can't get Tank right away, Dev, they, they become food for Dev, and it puts Tank in a position to where you got to fight Dev. Being over there on the zone, this little off-brand stuff with Eddie Hearn is not going to work. He ain't getting anybody. I told y'all no apps, man. Yeah, I'll told he's not getting no anybody. Apps. And I get what Bill's doing. Bill, you know, he wants to manage his son's own career. He, wanted, he wants to build his own brand. He can still do it with PBC. He could do with PBC in conjunction with, uh, you know, Devin Haney Promotions. Al is not, you know, Al's Al does. Al's a manager. Exactly. He's That's a, what he's Al a, he's does. A, he's a manager. Yeah, he, he tells you, hey, get your own promotional company. Come get some of this back-end money. Get your shit together. Yeah. I, want now, I, know, what, I know what Bill was thinking. They were thinking we would go over to, uh, to, to, to the zone. This new we star is the wave of the, beat, the future we, wave. We, we would beat up on some of these UK fighters and we'll build our international brand and recognition, right? I don't even but know what Because he's, he's thinking, he's thinking, oh, Dev can get the Luke Campbells. He can get the, um, he can get the, uh, what's the other guy's name? The Warren, the Josh Warringtons. Yeah. Let me tell you something. <laughs> you know, he forgot that he don't have the complexion for the protection for the collection. <laughs> he, 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 he ain't he ain't he ain't get he not getting that man because Eddie Hearn is and and Sky Sports and the zone are not feeding those white boys over in the UK to be food. They're just not going to do it. Now with Ryan Garcia, notice um it's Luke Campbell. At this point, Luke Campbell's 32. Luke Campbell's on the road to being uh, uh what do you call it a uh, um He's a litmus test, right? He's going to be like the the stepping stone in, in, in the division as long as he stays around. So they're okay with feeding him to Ryan Garcia. Also, Ryan Garcia is um is the is the is the the, the least amount of risk for Luke Campbell. Luke Campbell can beat Ryan Garcia. I know a way he can beat him. Um, he just has to counterpunch him and time him, right? And if he times him, we don't know what Ryan's chin is like. Now Ryan looks good. He's pretty, he's a pretty boy, but can he take a punch? You know, we have to find out. Yeah, that's the other thing. So that's the other thing. We, he's untested. So I, I get why that fight's being made. But, you know, Dev, he, at this point, him and Bill should know they're not feeding you food, bro. You're not getting food. They, they, they'll feed you. Yeah, they'll feed you some of these Central American and South American dudes. They'll feed you some Mexican guys. Yeah. They're not going to feed you any of the top UK guys to build your brand. No, nah, they give you the gatekeepers and all that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that that's that's all you're gonna get, bro. So you you're better off coming to the PPC and 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 being the man at that division in your own on your own side and let Al make the fights because the money's there. And yeah. that also it gives him the ability to make himself a pay-per-view star. Yes, right? Look at where Gervonta is. So to me, that's what he should be doing. He they they follow and they they going on the wrong blueprint. Yeah. I think in the being over on PBC, you get to find out what your skill set is really like because there's so many fighters over there that you can yeah. work on your skill set and find out yeah. how good you actually are. Well, iron, iron sharpens iron, which I think will be the ultimately the undoing of Bud. Right. And also, I think the other thing is you have more network flexibility. You got Showtime on cable, and then you got Fox. Yeah. 
Fox Sports you know, too. You got all that shit. You got Fox Sports. You got all that shit. So you have multiple platforms and options that you can that you can go to. You can, you don't have to be Fox pay per view. You know that's Errol Smith maybe Fox pay per view. You could be Showtime pay per view, but that's what Javante is. Showtime pay per view, right? You got so a lot of options over here. Family. You got a, you got a lot of options, bro. And so to me, you know, with your own yeah. people too. Imagine that. Yeah, Welcome exactly. It, it, exactly. Um, and so I think that should be that's that's the move that he should make um, because he's not going to get any smoke being where he is now and especially on the zone. I mean, what's your take you know. on? Uh, I, I I shouldn't even mention his name, but Andre. What's your what's your take on on him? Because he he's um, on the zone. He was over there with Canelo. He, he didn't get to fight. He fought a bunch of guys that we you know. And no disrespect to no boxer, but in the same vein as Bud Crawford, like you fought some guys that nobody was really yeah attention to. But why I mean, not he's fish? He's all hat in Texas. He's all hat and no cattle, right? So I want to fight Charlo. I want to do this. I want to do that. But at every instance, he's ducked it and gone, made a different decision, and signing with the zone. Here's my thing. I okay. I, I get if you want to go off brand, go off script. But once you try something and it doesn't work out, you're going to keep, that's my problem with Bud. You're going to keep doing the same thing. You've been with Bob and Top Rank for so long. You're not getting the big fights. So if he can't deliver, you can't look on the other side and say, well, they're scared. They're not scared. Sean Porter's calling you out. Yeah. Yeah. Sean you know, Keith, Keith, again. this is about to be the second time. Right. Now you can say Keith Thunder priced himself out, but did you make a counter offer? No, you didn't make a counter offer. Keith, you said you wanted 10, we'll give you six. So at least make a counteroffer. You didn't even entertain it. So to me, I don't want to hear the excuses. Bob can't get it done. He doesn't want to get it done. And Al sure as fuck not doing him any favors. So look, you know where the smoke is in your division. The smoke on your divisions on the PBC side. Why wouldn't you sign? You're not going to get less money. You're either going to get the same amount of money or if not more. You're gonna get. I think you're gonna get the same money or more if you once you come over to the PBC side. Yeah, and you're gonna get way better competition, and you're gonna get way more credit. Because here's the other thing: if you leave and top ten, along with that, because a fight with Thurman or Porter would be a pay per view, a pay per view yeah. fight. And, and here's here's the other leverage that he has that he doesn't realize. Once he leaves top tank, who do they have? Who who do they have? Yeah, I call him. That's why I call him top tank. I know. <laughs> who, who who do they have at one forty seven? Who do they have? Okay, Virgil is it Virgil T signed with them, or is we he a golden boy? He's a golden boy. We young. But, but is Virgil with top rank a golden boy? Uh, golden boy, I think. I think he's so, with, yeah, so he's with golden boy. So it, it's still yeah, the same so, thing. Top ten golden boy, it's still the same thing to me. Same thing. I mean, they don't fight each other, but it's not in the same thing. So we know what's gonna happen. What's gonna happen is top tank will say, "All right, Jose Ramirez, you and Josh Taylor fight for unification. Whoever wins, you move." 47, you're going to be my next Bud Crawford. And then whoever loses, I'm going to feed you to Teofimo because I don't want Teofimo fighting competition at 135. That's the game. That's that's the play. Now, the problem is, is that if Bud leaves top tank, you can't sell me a bill of goods with Jose Ramirez or Josh Taylor 147 because who are they going to fight? Nobody. There ain't nobody over there to fight. Ain't no, and, and that's my point. So if you're Bud, you're clearly not the man. You're not. You're not even a man. In, you're not even a man in 147, but you're not even a man in an organization. Like Tyson Fury is trash and does zero, does horrible numbers, but he gets more play and more, and he gets more marketing than you do, even from the network. That's the absolute. Loman, Lomachenko had a loss in the same interview. They show his record. 
Then when, it, when they switch to pound for pound, they take his loss away, making it like he's 14 and 0. Yeah. And they got and, and they got him underneath you. I mean, they have you underneath him. Like that's the ultimate disrespect. So if I'm if you bud, and then you got Bob talking about I lose money on his fights, but I do the most views out of anybody, anybody. that signed to Top Tank. Anybody. And it's not even and it's not even close. It's not even close. And to, and what makes that worse, the, the two guys you got above me in a promotion, Tyson Fury and Lomachenko, you can put their numbers together and they don't match Bud's numbers. They do a third of what he does. And, and, and so if you're Bud, what are you thinking? Just from a business, even a business standpoint, what are you thinking? Today's the word of the day. I think we already spoke on this. Stockholm syndrome. That's today's word of the day. Yeah, it is. In quotation marks. Yeah, Stockholm <laughs> Stockholm syndrome. Some of y'all are suffering from Stock, Stockholm syndrome. The person is doing you so bad, but treating you, but giving you a house that you think it's okay to stay in the house as, as long as you have the house, but they're treating you like shit the whole entire time. And it ain't even your right. house. Yeah. See, so you've had guys come and gone from PBC. Has Al ever made any public statement about any fighters about money he made or lost? Um, even he the guys- even the guys that did have beef with the way Al did things, they came back later on and said, you know what, I didn't quite understand it, or I understand what's out here now, and I was just better yeah. off. Um, well, and look at all the guys who he has signed. So if you're Terrence, and, and this is my problem with, you know, some of our people, man, we, we want to be contrarians, and we don't understand. I look at, like, politics, right, Democrat, Republican, right? Yeah, they're all the same. Not necessarily, right? There's, there's, we always think things are bad and good. Those, those not always the binary choices. Sometimes the, the choices are bad and worse, right? That's a fact, that's a fact. And, and so that's what a lot of our people don't see. They think it's, you know, ah, Biden did the uh, crime bill. And I was in 1994. I'm not the man I was, the person I was in 1994. True, but at the same time, that ain't that long ago when people say, oh, that was 40 years ago. My, my nigga was like, that's still yeah. our era. But. True, true, true. But here's my thing. And, and we're all human beings. I'd rather see somebody make that mistake then and then do things to, to change and make them better. As opposed to somebody who's been the same con man, creep, racist, asshole, incompetent moron, you know, the, the entire, entire time. time. Yeah. And the other thing that we have to understand is there's already a gap between black and white in terms of the double standard. You know, my issue, I don't want to get too much into politics, my issue with the guy who is refusing to concede the election is that that only deepens the divide. And yeah. here's what I mean. Before it was like George Bush is a C student, but he got to be president. Well, fuck, Donald Trump is a fucking F student. Okay, now Barack had to be an A-plus dude, and I'm not a big fan of Barack, I think he's a great individual, but he, there's some things he could do, and he even admitted, I give him credit, at least he's admitting, yeah, I, I messed up, there's some things I should have done differently. I, I played my hand the wrong way on some things. I can respect that, because I'm not perfect. But what I'm not gonna do is say, because the other guy didn't play his hand perfectly, or he's made some mistakes, I'm gonna fuck with the moron, who I know is an absolute fucking idiot. Yeah. And is incompetent, look at what's going on. And so we can't be so caught up in being contrarians that we think everybody else is so mind fucked 
that we're that, that we're gonna go the opposite way and we're right. And that's how I look at Crawford. If you think Porter, Spence, Thurman, Garcia, Ugas, you think all those guys will be signed to PBC if it wasn't good on that side of the street. Just think about it. Yeah. These, these aren't journeymen. These aren't bombs. These are all former champions. So, uh, the majority of them, yeah, three of them unified champions. What, you know, fucking Danny was unified at 140. Fucking Keith was unified at 147. Errol Smith is unified now at 147. So you got all them guys over there. And I'm going other weight divisions too. And you say, damn. No, no, top tank, man. That's <laughs> them niggas. They're all dumb. Yeah. No, nigga, you're dumb. You're dumb. I, and I don't want to hear about the business part of it. I'm talking about the manhood part of it. There's no way in the world as a man, I would let Bob Arum say that about me when I'm when I'm making him money. That part and the fact that to me that you all had to turn and look at each other after a question was asked to figure out who was going to answer it. It's just like, he's the promoter, you're the fighter. If you want these fights, you just say it. Yo, I want this guy, I want that guy, I want that guy. Yeah. And you leave it alone. Just leave it alone. Right. Let's look at the other side of the street. So Porter, Garcia, and Thurman froze Spence out for like two to three years. Right? They froze him out. They didn't want to fight him. He went over to England. BKO Brook got the belt. Said he was going to walk him down. (laughs) Did did what he said he was going to do. Then... Bam, he did it. Then Keith Thurman, all the injuries falling apart, didn't want to fight Spence. And what happened was he tried to do the least path of resistance and injuries piled up. And, you know, he ended up having to drop his belt. Then you had the whole Porter Garcia thing, right? Porter got the belt. Sean's a stand-up guy. I give him credit. Sean will fight anybody. He don't duck any fight. No, he don't. And, Salute to Sean and, Porter, man. He's and then Errol had the belt. Once Errol had the belt, did you, hear, did, you hear, did you ever hear Errol, Danny Garcia, uh, Sean Porter, I mean, even even Keith Thurman. Now he's begging for the for the Spence fight, but he did it to himself. Did you ever hear him saying, "Man, Al, come on, man, Al, make that fight, Al? How come you can't make that fight?" No, because Al puts it on the boxers, nigga. You make that fight. You want to say you it? make that fight, right? See, so Porter made that fight because he beat Danny Garcia and got a belt. What does Errol say if he want to do? I want all the belts. So who does Errol have to fight? Sean Porter. What's next? Okay, Danny Garcia is like, I'm former unified champion and I just lost to Porter. So who's next in line? Who's, who's after Porter? Danny Garcia. Who's about to fight? Errol Spence, Danny Garcia. After that, obviously you got another belt holder in the WBA with, with Pac-Man. Now it's up to him. Pac, do you want to get the smoke with Errol and do a huge pay-per-view? Probably not. So what's going to happen is if you take the McGregor fight, WBA already told you, if you take the McGregor fight, and you don't defend your belt, and you know they want they will want that Spence fight because they get sanctioned the fees. They're gonna make a bunch of money on that fight because there's no sanction in the fee with no fight with McGregor because he's not a boxer, he's not a licensed boxer. So therefore, they got to make their money. So they said, Pacquiao, if you don't fight the next big fight or next, if it's, it's got to be Mikey Garcia or somebody. If you don't do that, then guess what? We're gonna take that belt from you. Now, guess what happens with that belt? It's up. Now, who's next in line for the WBA? Or guys? Is it Ugas? I thought he was like number no, one in every auto. He's number. He's he, no. He's number one, but Ugas is the regular champion. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I know it's all nonsense because you get all these it, stuff. It, it's, it's, a, it's a shit show the way they do these. Ranks. It's a shit show. So he's got the regular. So basically, he would he would literally 
when that when that when there's a, when that belt is vacant, he's automatically you have to go through Ugas. Hmm. Now, now Spence being a champion again, sanctioning the thieves. If Spence wanted to do unification, of course the WBA is gonna be like, yeah. If Spence don't want to take it, then Porter, who's number one in the mandatory on the list, then he can take that and go get him a belt. So the next domino to fall after Garcia Pack after Garcia after Spence Garcia is Pacquiao. Pacquiao got to make a decision. Do you want to keep going in the game or not? If he wants to keep going, he's gonna have to fight somebody. Yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta, you gotta have to put up a you gotta put up a fight. He's gonna fight Mikey Garcia, bro. That's who he's gonna fight. I thought they I thought I thought the talks fell apart on that already, though. Like, no, no, no. The talks are, are stalled. Essentially, it's it, can I get Conor McGregor or can I get um Mikey? Here's what I think Pacquiao is gonna do. I think Pacquiao is going to say, look, if Conor McGregor gets through this Dustin Poirier fight, which is in the end of January, if he gets through there unscathed, Pacquiao's like, look, you got to be able to fight. They want, they want an audience, so it's going to be post-pandemic. That fight is going to be like July. Pacquiao's going to take all this time off. I'm telling you what he's going to do. And if Conor McGregor comes through unscathed and he's willing to sign a dotted line, Pacquiao will say, and he's a, he's a, Pac's, Pac's a professional. He'll be like, look, man, Taking this, I'm, I'm doing this money grab. I'm riding off into the sunset. I'm fighting McGregor in July. Cool. Do what you want to do. WBA says, okay, we, we snatching the belt. Now that belt is that belt is vacated. Now Ugas kicks up, and then you know Errol was going to already be fighting December fifth. So now by spring, you know Pacquiao's going to make that decision by the early spring if he's going to fight McGregor in the summer. You got to let him know by spring. So then here goes Errol. See, Errol has options. Errol could say, do I want to hit? Do I want to go ahead and call Bud's bluff? And 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 walk this nigga down and make and, and make him do 60-40 because he ain't got no other choice. Or do I want to go ahead and grab this belt and fight Ugas and then also fuck Sean Porter so he can't get a belt and I fight Ugas and I do a unification and I go grab the belt. To me, that's what's gonna happen. Okay. Pack, yeah. Pack is not fighting Crawford. Pack is not fighting too much risk, not enough money. He can make more money. He's 40 something. I don't think right now that fight for him against uh, Poirier would, would be in the best interest, especially why you got that goddamn belt. No, you you mean a fighter? You mean not Poirier? Poirier uh, um, um, McGregor's fighting Poirier in the UFC. Who, who you, you don't think who? You mean you think uh, McGregor, Pacquiao fighting fight against McGregor would be in his best interest? I think he should just go ahead and fight one of these guys, man. Just go ahead and get it he, over. He, he's he's not gonna do it. He again, he wants to end his legacy. On a high note. So think about his legacy now. I beat, I see, he can say it. I beat a young line. Now he cherry picked the weakest one. I beat Keith Thurman, <laughs> former unified. He, he, he beat the one that's got the limp, right? The one that's got the limp. You know how you see the lions and stuff? They, they look at, they look at all the wildebeest. People say, man, all those wildebeest, how do they know which one to get? They look for the one with the worst limp. Yeah. And that's what he did. He was a lion and he saw it all. Ooh, Thurman. He saw Thurman with that limp. And he can, he can say, I, beat, I, beat, I fought one of the young Lions, one of the guys who was supposedly in their prime, who was a former unified champion. And you can't, we know what it is, but you can't take it away from him. There's no way in the world he's fighting Crawford. He's not fighting Spence. If anything, if he wants two more paydays, he fights Mikey Garcia, and then he fights um, um, Conor McGregor. That's what he's going to do. He's not fighting Spence, and he's not. The only way he fights Spence, there's only one way he fights Spence. He only fights Spence if he barely gets by Danny Garcia or he doesn't handle punches well. 
That's the only way he fights Spence. Yeah, because he hits hard enough to knock a motherfucker, you know, unconscious. Yeah, yeah. Pat, yeah. Pat, Pacquiao has heart. He's not a chump. No, yeah. But he is he is 40, and he at least wants a puncher's chance. So if Errol has resistance and Errol is just either he's doing what he did to Mikey Garcia, like damn, you just can't get in on it, or he's keeping you on the outside, or if Errol does a Sean Porter. Shows resistance, lands lands one on you. If, if, if Arrow lands the shot on Pacquiao that he landed on Porter, Pacquiao ain't getting back up. I think he would do the same thing he did with Mikey Garcia. He, he would obviously box Pacquiao that way, right? To offset the speed, yeah. and Pacquiao won't have a southpaw advantage. I I think it's you very think dangerous. Pacquiao I think southpaw because they both would be. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. They both southpaws said Pacquiao wouldn't have the southpaw. Oh, okay, okay. To, to me, that's that. why he should not go anywhere near Crawford or Spence uh, because they take away his biggest advantage. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take no fight against uh, Arrow Spence. That's too easy of a. I think that would be an early boxing match that would turn into torture. I think that's what it would yeah, turn into. Yeah, he he, he would just walk him down yeah. and i think he i think because arrow looks like he's in better shape he, he looks a little gaunt a little bit you see his face but the thing about that is his body he's conditioning his body to that weight loss which makes him dangerous and you know this from boxing yes. you can cut the weight but once you that's what happened with with uh kill kill looked good but his body wasn't used to that type of weight cut over an extended period of time yeah, been a and while. so it had been a while and he just didn't have a resistance. And not to say that I know def definitively what was going on in that corner, but even though he made that weight, he probably might have been cutting muscle at that point. At some well, he definitely he was definitely cutting muscle. I mean, Kale was fighting at one fifty four, and he, yeah. you know he hadn't made one forty seven in two three years. a long time. So you, you, he's definitely cutting muscle, and that's not a good place to be in. No, because um, even, yeah. even if you're in a sauna, it becomes hard to sweat. Yeah. Now it's it's. it's Errol's right on the brink, but I think a lot of extra weight Errol was carrying was eating bad food and drinking and bad habits. I think now that he's cut those bad habits out, um, and we're going to find out with this fight against Danny Garcia, because Danny Garcia is going to test him. Um, this is going to be a good fight. Yeah, that's going to be a great fight. That's going to be a good you fight. Know? I think it's going to be a breakdown you know. of, that, of that fight, too. Yeah, I think he's going to, like Porter said, I think he's going to outbox Danny. And like like Porter said, he said, well, I was in there against Errol. Danny hasn't seen anything like that. Ooh, Danny hasn't seen that. a guy. He said it. He said he ain't he seen it. He gave it up like, like said, that? He gave it up like that. He said wow. it. He, 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 was like, he was like, hey, here's how I look at it. We don't know what's up with the accident. Danny, you can't get careless because Danny can pop. So if Danny pops you, it will hurt. And then now you take that plus the accident, who knows? But he said, he's like, but if it's a boxing match, He's like, Errol just outboxes him. He boxes circles around him. He said because he can keep him on the outside, he got the southpaw advantage. And he said the other thing is, you know, Errol is a great judge of distance. It doesn't look like he's fast, but because he controls the distance, he can he, he, he can dictate his shots and he can, he picks his shots. And he can, we know, we've seen him. He can fight multiple ways. He can fight you on the outside or he can dog you out on the inside. And it's not that he's got that one punch knockout power. It's just that when he punches you, it always, it takes something from you. Yeah, it's and because the way he punches is he doesn't drain himself punching where I think Danny always generally fades because he punches, he tries to put so much into it yeah. that he, he wears himself out because nothing hurts more than when you throw a hard punch and you don't land it. Yeah, you miss. <laughs> it takes everything. You miss. That, that drains you. Arrow, Arrow is a volume punch, puncher. Uh, once he gets in yeah. close to the distance where he wants to be, 
and he feels comfortable, he starts to let his hands go. He's a volume, he's, yeah. he's a big on volume punch. Uh, now, what I think is dangerous that we're going to see this fight real quick is really quick. I think because he's going to be in better condition, it's not going to be a fat camp. I think we're going to see the development of Errol showing us one punch knockout power. You think so? I think so. Hmm. Okay. I, I think because all he's told he told you all his other fights were purely and his training has were purely about losing weight. So now so he's this one was like he's on track already. So he's like right. So yeah. So his, his strategically he's going to be sharper. Tactically he's going to be sharper. He break down tactics within the strategy. But the other thing is his body, his muscles, the lean muscle, all of that I think is going to be triggered better because now his body is going to be more responsive. I think he's going to be quicker um, because now he's not coming into a fight drained and rehydrating. He's going to come into a fight where, man, I've, I've already cut the weight, so it is what it is. I'm used to being this way. I'm going to rehydrate some, and now he's not going to be as sluggish. He's going to be, you know, sometimes you see Arrow is good, but he looks a little sluggish. I think he's going to be a little quicker than what Danny expects. All right. So my only rebuttal to that is at the top elite level, it's very hard to knock guys out. All right? It that's is. My, and Danny's got a chin. Yeah. yeah. And Dan, Danny has a fucking chin. But so, you know where Danny hasn't been tested, though? In the body. He hasn't been tested in the body. And, and the best body puncher in the welterweight division is who? Is Errol Spence. And I'm cool with that. I'm just saying at that top elite level, you may knock a guy down, but it's very few. It's very few knockouts that we've seen at 147 ever. Yeah. At that at that elite level, like the top guys. Right. No, I agree with you. We haven't seen that, and not to harken or go back on this for too much longer, but uh, Kale Brook getting knocked out is something that you know. I think most people, at least as far as me and you go, we expected that. But taking a guy like Sean Porter, I don't think you would get that same result. Uh, no, with, no, uh, not Sean Probably, he's a buzzsaw, so there's a chance he might go through you. But uh, yeah, Errol Spence, even though that was a fat camp too, right? Yeah, he showed very much that he could stand in there and he could throw punches and take punches at will as well. So uh, I think with Danny overall, I think it's gonna be attrition. As, as, as I think it's gonna be a boxing match early, and I think something either. Derek James is going to say it or Errol is just going to test the water and see let, let me try this for three rounds. If I, if I can get this guy out of here. Yeah, I think he's going to, I think Errol's going to fill him out. I think once Errol fills him out, he's going to walk him down. And I think Danny is going to try to do something different. I don't think Danny's going to do what he always does because it hasn't worked. I think Danny is going to try to push the fight. The problem is I think the pressure is going to get to him. People don't realize how much pressure Errol puts on you and it wears you down. Like, so if you look at the guys who he put pressure on, he broke everybody except Porter, right? Because Porter was in there with a warrant. But let's be honest, Porter is one of the, to me, he's the top physically conditioned welterweight, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Now, now the other thing is you say, well, Mikey Garcia, but Mikey Garcia was afraid to come in. So Mikey Garcia didn't even, he didn't engage to even get, you know, worn down and the pressure was too much. And he didn't just, he just didn't want to smoke. Yeah. And the other thing about Mikey was he was expecting, for Errol to either back up or keep his hands to him, just keep his hands tucked. And yeah. he wasn't expecting Errol to keep that jab out there and keep throwing different types of punches and landing them in variety. So uh, right. he basically lost that thinking that, you know, he would be the better boxer. And I, I think that's the other thing that I don't like about people when they say that Errol is just a, 
a power puncher or a pressure fighter. The dude, no, he's not it's called boxing. You don't win national tournaments and everything. You don't go to the Olympics just being a knockout artist. Like he was right. known for boxing. Right. I think, I think people throw it out the window like they don't know or they aren't, they just aren't aware of the fact that Earl is, is, a, is a good boxer or great. We don't know if he's great because we haven't seen him get tested like that. We've seen him walk people down, put pressure on him. And recently with, with Mikey Garcia, we've seen him actually do some boxing. But until, again, same way with him and Tank, yeah. until somebody makes him reach down and go, all right, I got a box, he's not right. going to do it. Like they just, They're just not going to do it. Right. Cool. Well, it's, it's 2 p.m. Can we uh, can this be part one and we get to a part two? Yes, we can do a part two another time. We I got to do a part two in a few cool. hours. So uh, cool. We can end it there. Indeed. All right. Appreciate you. Great talking uh, to you, bro. No me. doubt. Yep. Yep. No doubt.